Well, good morning. Once again, everybody awake? Everybody ready? Can we turn those lights up just a little bit more, Ryan, all the way up, please? Thank you. There we go. Now I can see. There we go. I think we're all set now. It's the new year. Almost. I mean, isn't that crazy? I mean, it is already, I mean, 2017's got, I got to tell you, I'm still a little disappointed and upset. Um, we don't have flying cars. Um, McDonald's is still too slow. I can order everything, but it doesn't materialize on my desk yet and stuff. And so I need, but it is a new year. And, and I don't know about you, but every time um, we get to a new year, I start trying to think about like where we've come from and everything, and then what I want for the new year. You know, how, do you do that? Do you set goals for new year? How many of you have already, like, in your head, you've got some resolutions, like you're setting? Uh, you're like, we all, we do that, don't we? How many of you have already broken those resolutions? Because, yeah, <laughs> we do that, too. I mean, because we look at a new year, and we think, like, okay, things are going to change. We, stuff is going to change right now, and, and, and I want things to be different and everything. But if you're like me, a lot of times you get kind of frustrated with that, and, and that you make these resolutions, you make plans for the new year, and things don't always like turn out the way that you do. And, and, I, and, and for some of us, I think for so many people, they desperately are looking for a hope in the new year that things will be different, because I think we're afraid that things aren't going to change. In fact, um, let me just... Ah, there we go. Warren Wiersbe, theologian, he says, Nothing paralyzes our lives like the attitude that things can never change. We need to remind ourselves that God can change things. Outlook determines outcome. If we see only the problems, we will be defeated. But if we see the possibilities in the problems, we can have the victory. I, I love that because I, I do believe that's true. I think sometimes we face the new year, and part of that, there's a little bit of fear, a little trepidation that says, well, I hope things get better. I hope things maybe change you know, financially, relationally, job-wise, um, all, all those things. And, and, and we hope that, but downside, there's a little bit of fear. Maybe things aren't going to change. And, and so the problem is, I think, the problem lies in who's trying to do the changing. And that's really what I want to talk about. Because I believe this coming year that things can be new for us. And things can change. And things can be different if, if we take our focus off of us. And on the one who can truly change everything. And so if you have your Bibles, go to the Old Testament, go to Lamentations. I love this book. Um, I love it. It's written by Jeremiah, Jeremiah the prophet. Imagine this was Jeremiah's job. The city's going to be destroyed. Your children are going to be taken. Everything's going to get ruined. Happy New Year. I mean, that was his job. He was a prophet of doom. I mean, all he was, he was the bad news prophet. That's all. And he literally got to see his hometown, the city that he loved, destroyed and taken over. And so, of course, who wouldn't write a book called Lamentations and a lament about all the stuff? And maybe you have seen struggles in your life and hard times this past year. And yet, in the midst of that, Jeremiah, through God's eyes, sees hope. And so, if you have your Bibles, again, turn to Lamentations chapter 3. If you don't have a Bible, we have them. Please take one. Put your name in it. Um, use it if you want to use your um, electronic devices. You can sign into our Wi-Fi here, GBC Guest. Just type in Find More. Um, I encourage you this year download the Faith Life app because um, literally you can change. It puts our announcements. It puts everything on your calendar on your phone for you already. You don't have to do anything. Not even flip the pages, which I know this can be very strenuous 
at times. But if, if you like that, then you can do that. But again, as always, and I think more than any other time this year, these are the most important words. Um, my words mean absolutely nothing. It's these words that mean everything. And so out of acknowledgement and agreement with that, would you stand with me as we open up God's word? As the prophet writes, starting in verse 19, he says, Remember my affliction and my wanderings, the wormwood and the gall. My soul continually remembers it and is bowed down within me. But this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will put my, I will hope in him. Can you pray for me? God, I thank you this morning that once again, you have given us an opportunity for a new year. God, I know, I can't talk for anybody else, but I know in my own heart just already things, goals and ideas and things that I would like to see different in my life. God, in the way that things happen, the, the, the things that I do. We got so often get frustrated because it just doesn't seem those things change. It seems no matter what I do, it just stays the same. But God, you are the God of change. You are the God that can change everything. And so I pray this morning, God, that you would speak to us, that you would encourage us, that you would challenge us. God, that these words would be your words, not mine. God, hide me. And God, that through your word and the power of your word this morning, we would be different. We would be changed. God, that we would walk out of these doors this morning, not the same as as we came in. And God, as we enter this new year, Father, God, the possibilities are endless for your glory. So, Father, this morning, would you move? God, give us ears to hear, give us hearts to respond, and the courage to actually live it out. And may you bring real change. May you bring something new to our lives, to this church, to this community. And may you get the glory. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. So, so it's a good question to ask each of us. You know, we have a new year coming, so what will be new? What will be different this year for you? What will be different for this church? What will be different for this community? And I'll say, what will be new? Or are we locked into the idea that... We can try, but things are just going to stay the same. And, and I, I, unfortunately, I think there are so many people that feel that way. E even in that video, we've seen great things this year. We've seen hard things this year. Um, I, 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 I can guarantee that everybody in this room can think of a time uh, this year that it was fantastic and think of a time that may have been like the lowest point that you could ever imagine. Um, in, in our country, we've seen division, we've seen unity, we've seen things, c people come together over stuff and then quickly fall apart. And we see all this stuff, and we keep saying, well, we're gonna, it's going to be better next year. There's always next year. We'll, we'll change this, we'll change that. I'll change the what I'm doing. You know, I'll, I'll eat better, I'll exercise more, I'll be better with my finances, I'll, I'll do all this. And we set all these goals for us in hopes of change. And then if you're like me in a couple of weeks, with maybe a month, two, it seems like things just fall right back. And so I have kind of a an interesting idea for you um, to bring on the new this year to actually have something new um, I'm going to challenge you this morning to stop trying to change 
Stop trying to change yourself. As we should, and and I, it's, it's interesting, as I was studying for this message, I found this passage, and we're going to be jumping around a lot, so I, I apologize, but I, I love it when I hear pages or, or thumbs moving on, on things. But turn to Matthew chapter 9. Matthew chapter 9, Jesus is speaking. And, and he says something that I always thought was kind of interesting, and never until this year, I really, it just kind of grabbed hold of me. And, and in verse 16, he says this. He says, no one puts a piece of unshrunk cloth on an old garment, for the patch tears away from the garment, and, the wor- and a worse tears away. Neither is new wine put into old wineskins. If it is, the skins burst, but the wine is spilled, and the skins are destroyed. But new wine is put into fresh wineskins, so both are preserved. And, and I've read that, and you're like, well, so what are you getting at there, Pastor Tony? I mean, are we going to start having wine? No, we have grape juice. We're not those bastards. Um, it's funny, when we were overseas, we worked at a chapel, and so the communion was always wine was in the center ring, and, and grape juice was in the outer ring. I always had to watch my kids stand outside. outside. <laughs> at three years old, you're not drinking wine. But no, it has nothing to do with wine. I think it has, this passage has everything to do that we keep trying to put new stuff in us. And we try to make new goals and new plans, and we try to kind of dump all that stuff. Every year we make these resolutions, and we're like, okay, I'm going to do this new, I'm going to do this new. But the problem is, is we're trying to put something new into something that's old. We're, we're trying to put new wine into an old wineskin, and after a while it bursts at the seams. And, and, all, and that, I think that's where our frustration is, is that we step up, and if you're like me, and a lot of this is about me this morning, I sit there at the end of the year, at the beginning of the new year, and I get a piece of paper. I'm like, man, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna eat better. I'm gonna lose this much weight. I'm gonna go for runs. I'm gonna do all this stuff. I'm gonna exercise, and, you know, and then life happens. And then you get down on yourself and you get frustrated. And, and the problem is that I'm trying to change myself and the people. But there is somebody. And I think we need to start a part of that for us to actually have a new year, have something new happen in us, that we need to be changed starting from the inside then And that it is only God and it is only through Christ that all these things can happen, that we can actually be changed and things can be different. So, uh, so that's what I want to go through for. I want to give you kind of a formula of change of something to have new this year. So the very first place we start is our heart. Our heart. God promises a new heart. Turn over into the Old Testament to Ezekiel. All the way back there. Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 26. God tells the prophet this. He says, And I will give you a new heart, and a new spirit I will put within you. And I will move the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. Listen to that again. And I will give you a new heart and a new spirit. You see, I, I think all of our issues that we face, any struggles that we have, whether if, if it's financial struggles, if it's, if it's eating struggles, if it's relational struggles, if it's, it's all the struggles that we face go back to the same. I think everything goes from our heart issue. And if our hearts aren't right, 
then none of this other stuff is going to work. In fact, you and I, from, from the time that we looked at God and said, God, I want to do it my way, our hearts were stoned. There's no flesh, no beating, no, no movement there, no feeling, no real strong emotion, nothing. It's just a heart of stone. And so how can we change our attitudes if something inside of us is not living? And so God says, I'm going to give you a new heart. I'm going to give you a new spirit. I'm, I'm going to change. And so it starts with our hearts. It starts with God. I don't want to do things my way anymore. God, I, I don't want to do, I've been doing things my way over and over again. And nothing's changed. You know what the, the definition of insanity is? Doing the same thing over and over again and expecting something different to happen. And yet that's how we live. We, we go over and over again doing the same thing. We're like, well, why is it making changes? And I would put to you this morning that it starts with maybe we have problems. You know, I love, I used to always get in trouble when I was in youth ministry with parents and stuff. I, I was smart aleck, I'm still here. And, and parents would come at me usually always at the beginning of the year and they'd like, Pastor Tony, you need to teach our kids not to date. Forbid dating. And I'm like, I really don't, I don't have much of a problem for that because I think dating generally is stupid. Because it's it's like breakup practice, really, what it is and stuff. And so if you're not if you're not mature enough to like understand like this is a relationship, I think friendships are awesome. I think when we're like, this is my boyfriend, this is my girlfriend, it gets stupid. And so I don't have a but but I studied, and nowhere in the Bible does it says, "Thou shalt not date, or be cursed forevermore." And so I would I would look at parents and said, "Listen, I'll make you a deal. Um, if you take your 13 year old daughter and your guy." That's how it was in the in the Bible, and they get mad at me. I says, instead, why don't we teach purity? See, because that's a heart issue. See, struggling with relationships. If you're struggling with all these other things, I, w- I would put to you again this morning: the first place you and I need to look is our heart. And if it doesn't belong to God, that means we're in charge. That's where all the problems come in. And so this new year, if you want new things, then we have to start by saying, God, here's all my heart. Jesus, this is your throne room. This is, this is yours. Everything that I am, all that I feel, all that I know, it, it is yours. I give you my heart. When the Bible says heart, it was all encompa- encompassing. I can't even speak this morning. It was everything that I felt and dreamed for and wished for. It's all that saying, God, I'm going to give this to you, and I'm going to start there. And now let's see change. And, and, and so it, it begins with our heart. And so God says, listen, I'm going to take that rock that's inside you, this piece of concrete and stone, and I'm going to put a living, beating, feeling heart inside of you. And so for us, We know doing this a while that the battle, the battle is in our mind. That that's where we have the problems. And it turned to Romans chapter two, or chapter twelve, excuse me. I told you we're bouncing around a lot today. It's one thing you got to know when, when when I preach, you're going to learn where things are in your Bible, <laughs> or you're going to learn to use a concordance really, really well. 
So, but in, in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, Paul writes this. He says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. That by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is the good, and what is good and acceptable and perfect. You see, God can have our hearts and we can give our hearts. And I think there's a lot of people that have given God their heart and they're like, here, God, here's my heart. And they've come down and they said a prayer at some time. They've had some emotional experience. And, and I believe like they, they really they know about God. They know God, but they don't really know him because the problem is, is we may give them our heart. But if we don't give them also our mind. Our life isn't going to match up to it. We, we need to we need to renew our minds. We, we need to start filling our minds with things that are of God. If I've given him my heart, and says, okay, now I have this beating, feeling, powerful heart within me. God's heart is within me. Now I need to start thinking on the things that are God. I need to start loving the things that God loves. I need to start hating the things that God hates, which means I love everyone and I hate sin. At its purest definition, that is God. He loves people. He loves humanity. He loves his creation. He hates sin, and so should we. And so we need to renew our minds. It's almost like we need to reprogram our minds. I mean, for, for some of us, what we do is, and, and I know, I know, it's not healthy, but I do this all the time. When, when struggles and things are going on and it's crazy, I love to just go sit in my big fat chair, put my feet up, and do this. <laughs> oh, wrestling. Okay, I, it's a, I, I watch professional wrestling. I have since I was a kid. You can judge me later. <laughs> and that's it, but I get lost in, in the fantasy and just saying, I don't like, I don't have to think about all the struggles anymore. And I fill my head with garbage. And then I wonder, why am I not sensing and feeling and living in the presence of God and, and feeling the victory? Even all those things we talked about through Christmas, the peace and the love and the joy and the hope that we're supposed to experience every day. Why am I not? It's because I filled my mind with garbage. I think that's why Paul says you need to renew your minds. We need to reprogram. And so we need to start filling our heads with the things of God. If you want your life to be different this year, if you want something new to happen, then God is the one that brings change. He's the only one that brings change. And so I need to start thinking like God thinks. I need to start seeing things the way God sees them. And the only way I'm going to do that is if I remove the garbage and fill it with these words. I mean, this country, my goodness, it... You can go anywhere, and these words are available to you. They're on your phones. They're on your tablets. They're, they're everywhere. I love that people tell me, like, this isn't a Christian nation. Go to Washington, D.C. Every single monument has scripture written on it. We are inundated with God's word all over us, and yet we fill ourselves with all this other garbage, and we wonder why we struggle and things don't change. We don't conform to this world. We transform. And how do we transform? By renewing our minds, by filling ourselves with godly thoughts. We get around people that are godly people, and we get encouraged and be challenged by them. We, we get into God's word. We, we, feel, we, we listen to the, the music we listen to, all this stuff. And listen, I'm not telling you, like, like, burn Netflix down to the ground, which it's getting close. <laughs> Except for Fuller House. That's just a good show. It's just a good show. I just I like that show. I mean, there's there's some good shows on there. I'm not saying burn on. I'm saying if all your time is spent filling your mind 
with everything that's not of God, how can your life ever be of God? We gotta fill, and so and so God says, "Listen, I want to give you a new mind. You have to rewire the way you think, and it's already been proven scientifically. You know, it, it's it's been proven. Stuff like pornography is the most addicting thing in the world right now. It's the largest addiction we have in the country. It's all visual stuff. It's all the stuff we fill in. If you watch a bunch of like just all just negative shows and everything, like if all you ever watch is the the, the Walking Dead, you're a sad person because <laughs> that's a miserable show." <laughs> There's, it's, it's like all they, it's dead. I mean, just think about it. I mean, if all you do is fill yourself, if all you're doing is reading your news on Facebook, on whichever side of the line you, you fit on, you, all you're going to hear is how bad things are for the other people and because of the other people. If all we do is fill ourselves with that and we don't fill our minds with God and his word, nothing's going to be new. I don't care what kind of diet you're on. Listen, if you have, a, if you struggle like me, I stress eat. Boy, and I've stressed a lot. <laughs> um, but I'm, ah, tough crowd this morning. <laughs> I, I stress eat, but if I know that my body is the temple of God, and so I need to exercise, and, and I need to take care of it, and, and I honor God through that. If I know relationships are important, and, and I'm supposed to put other people in front of my own needs, the way Christ did, be a servant to all as Christ came and did, man, that's going to change all my relationships. Financially, if, I, if I'm saying, God, I'm just going to take care of all my stuff, and I'm not doing money the way God has said, here's how money, save money, spend money, tithe, and, and give back, and be generous, and all this stuff. If I'm not doing that, then I'm going to continue structured. But if I fill my mind with everything that I need to know about how to live for God and how to be successful in God's kingdom, or is in this book, and I fill my mind with that, then change and new is going to come. See, my heart's new, my mind's new, and when that happens, then we start getting to the outside. We have new ways of doing things. We have new ways of, of dealing with stuff. Turn over to 2 Corinthians 5.17. It's one of my favorite verses in the Bible. Especially the older I get. Listen, it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ... He is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. I don't know about you, but I want the new to come. I want a new attitude. I want new knees. <laughs> I want a new back. I, I want all the new stuff. I want to stop climbing out of bed and sounding like a drum roll. I, I want to stop like just sitting around and just seeing what all is wrong and see all that God is doing. I, I want a new way to look at things. And that's what it says when I put my trust in Christ. When I place my heart there and I, change, and I train my mind there, then everything becomes new. The old is gone. And the old is fear and anxiety, hopelessness. Fill in your own negative adjective. The, the new has come. I'm a new creation. And so if I'm new, then... then it should look new. I mean, the what most frustrating part of my faith walk is that over years and years and years, it's just and I love people, but I'm just going to tell you, ministry is so much easier when there's nobody here. <laughs> that, that is like the worst like growth statement for a church ever. Like I just I want to have like two people, 
and then it's gonna, but it, it's hard because it's frustrating and, and how frustrating must it be for God and for Christ to sit there and like look they're calling my name they're saying they're a follower of Christ and in the Bible when it says I'm going to follow my rabbi the goal was for me to look exactly like my rabbi then why is it that our churches are full of people that say I follow Christ and look absolutely nothing like him Again, I would put to you that it's a heart, it's a mind, and it is a new way. It's, it's, those are the issues. That we should be different. We should face things differently. The hardest of trials that come on us, we should still be able to face it. says, well, I still have hope. Because if I lose everything, if I lose my home, if I lose this church, if I lose everything, if my family all gets slaughtered and I'm all by myself, I am still redeemed and saved and I have a hope. And it's more than I deserve. You want a new year, then we need to have new ways of doing things. And we need to do them in such a way that it reflects Christ. Now, listen, I, I understand it's like, does this mean I have to be perfect now? No, because that old man, that old woman, she's still there. <laughs> He's still there. And they... And, he, and they pop up at the worst times. <laughs> you know, that person that cuts you off and is screaming at you and hollering at you. That, that old man in me is just sitting there going like, I have some choice words. I spent years in the Army. I could beat you. <laughs> I have a whole different vocabulary. When, when the plans we make and everything... The, that, and they just kind of like just, you know, just nothing happens. You have these great plans. And stuff. This has been my frustrating. Like, I'm, I'm very transparent as a pastor and stuff. It was it just got funny this year. Like if you needed rain, all you needed to me for me to do was plan a church event. Because <laughs> it seemed like everything that we like planned, like, oh, this is going to be awesome. We're going to see hundreds and thousands of people. <laughs> Me standing under a lightning storm holding a metal tent going, just strike me now. <laughs> I mean, that old man kind of sneaks up in there, and I understand that that's going to happen. And, and what's the awesome thing about it is the reason we named this church Grace is that grace abounds. That I promise you, you're going to mess up this year. I promise you, so am I. But because of this, because of a new heart and a new mind and a whole new way of living, we get new days. Our, our, our passage that we opened up with, you know, Jeremiah in, in verse 19, he's like, remember my affliction, my wanderings, the wormwood and the gall, the pain of this past year, all that I've seen, all the struggles. God, I mean, just uh, imagine that job, that his job was basically to tell him, like, there's no hope. Babylonians are coming. You're going to, people are going to die. The city's going to be burned. And who, who, who wants to hang out with me? I mean, if you imagine just watching just the destruction and the pain. And he, so he's like, I feel this. I remember all this. In fact, my soul is bowed down inside of me. Maybe that's how you feel from this last year. 
But in verse 21, he says, but this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Listen to this. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. Every morning, every new day, his mercy is there. His love is there. His faithfulness is there. And so even when this year comes and it's hard and it's painful and, and, and things are just getting out of control, even when you're not faithful or I'm not faithful, God is faithful. When, when, when I feel like everything is just collapsing and falling apart, God is still in there holding it all together. See, I, I think most of this year, my struggles have been a matter of perspective. See, when I try to make the changes, when I try to make the plans for my life and for this church, and, and I sit here and go, this is how it's going to go, and this is how it's going to look, and, and while wow, this door is open, so we're going to walk through that and all this stuff. And, and my expectations, it's from my limited perception. But if I step back, and say, God, you are the one that brings change. You are the one that has renewed my heart and changed my heart. You're the one that renews my mind. I fill myself with your goodness, with your word, with your teaching, with everything about you. I, I'm a new creation, so I don't have to deal with this the way I've always said. When, when I do that, and that every day, no matter what my attitude is, you're being faithful. And I start looking at his perspective, then I understand that nothing is falling apart. Nothing is out of control. Nothing is chaos. Nothing is hopeless. No matter what you're facing, because we have a God that still holds it all together. I've had to be reminded, and I want to remind you that if God wasn't holding it together, none of us would be sitting here. None of us would exist. And so as hard as it gets, as rough as it may seem, it still can all be new because my God holds it all. And he is faithful. And every morning I wake up, his mercy is new for me and for this planet. I mean, you want proof of God's mercy? The proof is, is that tomorrow morning you and I will wake up. When this world doesn't deserve to wake up. That's his mercy and his love. And every day is a new day. Uh, this Alexander McLaren, the author says this, Being in Christ, it is safe to forget the past. It is possible to be sure of the future. And it is possible to be diligent in the present. This morning, being in Christ means that whatever you've done, whatever you think you've done this past year, and stuff, how bad you think you may have blown it, all stuff, it's okay to let that go. Because God has. I, I love in the Bible that says that when we come to God and we confess our sins, that he takes our sins and he throws them as far as east is from east and west is from west. And I love that. And I probably told you this before, but it's just an amazing thought to me that if you start walking north, eventually you're going to walk south. You know that? And then you'll walk north again and then you'll walk south. If you start walking east, you will never stop walking east. 
if you start walking west, you will never stop, stop walking west. It just goes on and on. You're always going west, always going west, always going west, or always going east. And that's what God says he does when we come to him and says, here's my mess up, God. And so we can forget the past. We can let go of the past, whatever's holding on, because God's not thinking about it. In part of, of church, problems in church is that we hold on to the past. And listen, we're, we're still a baby. We're, we're, only, we're only three years old as a church. We got a long way to go. And so if I have to keep reminding myself, I'm like, God, why isn't there a thousand people here yet? And he's like, you're three. <laughs> what three-year-old could handle a thousand people? I'm like, you're right. <laughs> and, and we remember what God has done in his faithfulness, but we don't hold on to that. It means we don't do things the way we, we just do them because that's the way we've always done them. God's an innovator. God is, God is creative. God, the way... The message never changes, but the way God does things is always. And so we can do that. We can say this. Thank you for the past of what I've come from. But God, now I can be sure of my future. That's the best news. Is that no matter what happens, my future is secure. I'm straight that there's a day coming where Jesus says in Revelation, at the end of Revelation, he says, I'm wiping away every tear. No more sickness, no more dying, no more crying. And I am making everything new. That we are coming to a day when it's going to be a constant new year because it's all going to be new. Everything's going to be restored and redeemed and put back the way it was. What an awesome, awesome picture and a hope that we have that we can be secure in that because he's been faithful in the past. He's going to complete this. And so since we know we're not tied to our past, we know that we're secure in the future. That means finally we can be diligent in the present. And I think that's what God wants us to be. Be diligent. Be diligent in your discipline of Bible study, of prayer. Be diligent in sharing the gospel. Be diligent in, in being a part of a church and, and, and ministering. and being a part. Be diligent in reaching out to the community. Be diligent in serving. Be diligent today so that others can forget their past and be sure of their future. We, we do that. And then it is truly a new year. So my question again this morning for each of us. What will be new? Starts at the heart. Goes to the mind. And then bleeds out everywhere else. If you want a new year. It starts with God. Let's pray. God, I thank you.